0: hey there welcome to episode 86 of the go blue crew um if you've been a long time listener i think this is the first time we've ever listed the episode number do you remember a time we
1: ever did that technically show 50 because that was the old big we uh, did do show 50 we might have even done 75 which wasn't too long ago
0: it wasn't too long ago, and I don't remember. Um, it's something that better podcasters would have been doing from the beginning, I'm sure. Just making the making the fans informed. And the
1: other the other thing I've noticed is Anchor, our new platform that we use, uh, allows you to to pick the number, and so it becomes very clear when you click on the podcast, like, oh, this is season three, episode seven. We don't have a season. We don't have an episode. We just kind of record as we can, and and yeah, I guess we're gonna start. Uh, putting the number of our podcast before uh, before we get rolling
0: well i'm thinking it's useful because we're nearing 100 Yes, and so i I don't want to spring it on people one day it's like this is episode number 100 and they're like what i didn't even know this way there's like a little bit of a lead up to it that's my that's my goal that's what i want to yeah, I want it to
1: be exciting. And since we're doing episode 100 on top of the CN Tower in Toronto, I wouldn't want to just surprise people, you know, like, hey, broadcasting live. Did, did we settle on
0: we settled on Toronto then?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think we did. Okay, I'm excited.
0: I'll get my plane tickets very Perfect. soon. Uh, we're, today we're going to talk about Juan Howard and his barrage of offers to five stars um, if if this is like some kind of major shift away from John Beeline's recruiting philosophy and what this might mean for the future of Michigan basketball, it's something that I've seen people not give like too many opinions on, but they're definitely noting it. They're like, okay, that's that's another five-star, and here comes another five-star, and there's another five-star offer. It's just something that I think people are noticing, and, and in time, I'm sure the opinions will come but um, just, what have you been, like, what's stood out to you so far about the, the, the offers that Shawan Howard's been given?
1: It seems like there's a lot of them. Um, but when you look at really kind of what all of the blue blood schools do when it comes to basketball recruiting, is, this is a really common, it's actually more uncommon that a guy like John Beeline would wait. Uh, until a guy would visit campus to extend the offer. And that doesn't mean that you can't show interest before you extend an offer. Uh, But Jawan Howard's going out and not only extending offers, he's extending offers to some of the best players, if not the best players uh, in the nation, class of 2020 and 2021 right now, specifically. And so what I will say is it's, I guess it's just different to see Michigan mentioned because before you'd hear a guy and it's almost like, if he was going to be a one and done player, like a Zion, for example, like everybody threw an offer at him and his list was down to, I can't remember Zion's exact list, but like Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, I mean, the names you usually see for these five-star one and done guys. Uh, And I feel like recently there's been a trend in the last five to 10 years where you'll have guys like Ben Simmons go to LSU or, or some of the schools in the SEC that you didn't see beforehand. And so, It's just different to see Michigan's name mentioned. Uh, What I do like is there are recruits there have come out and said, hey, you know what, this is huge, that Juwan Howard, a a former Fab Five member, an NBA player, a champion, and, and a coach in the NBA with relationships. It is nice to see Michigan on their radar. In terms of the different philosophy from Beeline, I don't know how much changes. I mean, you could throw an offer at everybody. Uh, and it's got to be the right fit for that player. And, and that kind of extends the conversations of, does this mean that Michigan becomes a, a one-and-done program? Um, so I'm looking, and it looks like a couple, a couple of five stars in
0: 2020, a couple in 2021. This won't materialize for a while, but as these players start committing, and you know, let's say one or two pick Michigan, and then they, they go play, And they're out in a year. I mean, just how long would it take for Michigan to be branded as a one-and-done program if these five stars, if these um, potential one-and-done types do choose Juwan Howard in Michigan?
1: I don't think it takes very long, and I think that's only because it's a brand new head coach. I think if, if John Beeline kind of started to adopt the one-and-done philosophy, say because of Iggy Dacus uh, coming for a year and then leaving, say that attracted another guy to do the same uh, down the road, I think that if it happened more often under John Beeline, it would take a long time to adjust. But because Juwan Howard's not only a new coach, but has come in and just put all these offers out on the table, could likely land at least one for 2020 and potentially multiple for 2021. And who knows for years after that, I think it'd be a couple of seasons. I think you'd be looking into maybe the class of 2022. And if Juwan Howard landed two or three one and dones the year before, I think that helps a one and done maybe see a program as, as a place where, Hey, you know what? Like it'd be fun to play there. It'd be fun to play with these other top talents for Juwan Howard He just sent three guys to the draft last year. They made it to the Elite Eight, blah, 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 whatever whatever it may be. I think that Michigan could easily become a one-and-done program. What's interesting is all of this chatter, and I'm sure there talks about it tonight at the NBA draft, Um, and I I feel like just in general you hear about, is is the NBA going to change its rule where players can leave from high school to college? Because if he starts offering the best talent, and only the best talent, and some of it sticks— what if that rule changes and the one-and-dones are now going straight to the NBA? Or what if a guy, when he does come, has to stay for two or three years like it is in football or, or baseball? Will that change or will that hurt Juwan Howard? And so I think that's the interesting thing to look forward to. But I do think he's going to land some big recruits, and, and I will say that Michigan will probably be labeled as a one-and-done program rather quickly if he does so.
0: Do you think um, – I mean, you talked about it about a little earlier with um, the – like the names you always hear at the top of these recruits lists and, and um, they're just like, well-known one and dones is who they are. It's what they do. Do you think that changes the perception of Michigan or, or, or the, the, the basketball world's perception of Michigan? Because right now, I mean, nobody really talks about Michigan preseason or early season. It's not until the calendar turns when it, seems like we hear more about Michigan from national media and, and people who who try to pay attention to like all of college basketball.
1: Would it change, do you think? I think it would a little. And and first, like to, to agree with your point, when the calendar year turns, it took a while for, I mean, mainstream to, to uh, get behind what Michigan was doing when they started 17 and 0 or whatever it was. Um, and I feel like It's always been, oh, it's hot to talk about John Beeline when the tournament comes around because he ran through a couple of Big Ten tournament championships and they they had that plane accident and they made it to the championship game. And I feel like Michigan does get talked about probably, if if not near the top, really close to it when it comes to tournament time because of the success they've had in the last decade. But yeah, I think the perception is, is automatically already going to change because of a new head coach. but the style and the philosophy are probably going to be night and day in a lot of ways. It's still the game of basketball. There's still a right way to do it. Um, you still have to score more points than the other team and defend well uh, so a team doesn't outscore you. But I do think that the perception changes. I think it maybe goes back to the kind of that Fab Five feel. Uh, and not that that's a really a good or bad thing, but I do sense that some of these bigger names are going you know, to think it's cool to Come play for a guy endorsed by LeBron James and and uh, Dwayne Wade. Maybe even uh, their sons come play for for Joan Howard. Uh, I think the perception changes. I think it. I don't think you're ever going to get to the Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, maybe even Louisville uh, of basketball. Uh, and there's many others you could name as well. But I do think they become the talk of a, the Big Ten in a different way, regardless of. Um, their performance uh, just because i think that juan howard has that kind of name established in in the realm of basketball in general
0: and the big 10 doesn't really have an established one and done school i mean michigan could be the first to to really like get in on that i don't know what that would mean necessarily for the conference it would just make them quite a bit different from the rest of the competition right
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have you have teams uh, that that will have guys that go one and done, like Jaron Jackson for Michigan State, uh, Deontay Davis a few years ago. So there's definitely players who who will. Aggy uh, Brazdakis again. Uh, it's surprising that uh, the Big Ten has very little of that. Uh, and there's a I feel like you see a lot of guys going into the SEC in basketball more so than than ever. Uh, same thing for football. It seems like some of the best prospects always go to the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Georgias, even still Florida States. I mean, just naturally, I don't know if it's weather related. I don't know if it's just because a lot of the talent does come from the South and many of these sports. But yeah, to have uh, one program kind of take that leap and become more of a one and done uh, when that seems to, there seems to be more and more players uh, who are leaving after uh, the first year, at least in in my time watching college basketball. So if Michigan becomes that school, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it will be an adjustment for fans. And, and I think it will be uh, an adjustment for, for the Big Ten and, and opposing coaches.
0: So to your point about this being an adjustment for fans, I can easily see a time in the near future where Michigan um, – doesn't have the level of success that people are looking for. And this is assuming like the the team, the program does take off on this sort of one and done path. If those two things collide one and dones and not being as successful, I can easily see people uh quickly criticizing this coaching staff, the the decision to hire Juwan Howard who like didn't have any college coaching experience, I can see a lot of people jumping ship pretty quickly because it's just a lot of change going on and there are going to be a lot of places you can point a finger and it it just seems like that's something that could happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I feel like with the one and dones, I just think of Duke. Uh, Duke lost to, again, a very good Michigan State team uh, in the NCAA tournament. And Duke had, what, three out of the top five recruits in the nation uh, on their roster with Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, and and Zion Williamson. And and those guys in the NBA draft will likely all be uh, top ten, especially R.J. and Zion. And you see them lose to a Michigan State team who, again, playing really, really good basketball. They dismantled Michigan three times. Um, And you could maybe in the tournament you kind of say, oh, you know what, Tom Izzo and and the the style of play he has with some of these more experienced guys like a Cassius Winston, uh, maybe you look at that and you say that's why uh, they win just because they have the experience. But you can have the five best recruits in the nation, and when it comes down to an Amsterdam tournament, a tournament where everybody can already beat anybody, I feel like it's even more negative. You're like, okay, Michigan finally lands five stars, Three of them. John Beeline could have never done that. But maybe you lose in the first round of the tournament because guys aren't ready to play and they've seen nothing like uh, college basketball's biggest stage. And so perception will change. I think uh, it'll be an adjustment for fans and, and then really anyone who just pays attention to, to Michigan basketball, um, even from other conferences. What about you? How tolerant will you be? I think that I would, I would love to see some bigger names uh, come through uh there's been for me I look at the NBA right now and it's really exciting to see a guy like Karis LeVert uh you know really do well he went down with a an injury and kind of came back and never really recovered from that Trey Burke had some moments uh, after really not making a couple of rosters Nick Stauskas had a huge game and in, in LeBron's debut um he tore up he basically tore up LeBron and LeBron's debut for the Lakers and He's kind of been shuffled around. You've got other guys, um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Glenn Robinson. I would like to see a guy who comes to Michigan, uh, tears it up for a year, hopefully leads Michigan to great things in the NCAA tournament, Big Ten championship, and then is a lottery pick and is just going to go dominate in the NBA. I would love to see that, but overall – I do like the the guys like the like the Charles Matthews who uh, stay around a couple of seasons after playing ball somewhere else, or or a John Teskey, a Xavier Simpson, uh, guys who who stay for the course. Derek Walton, another guy. These are the guys you don't see do much, or if anything at all, in the NBA. But that's true college basketball, in my opinion. I think the only reason we're seeing the best talent come to college basketball right now again is because of the rule in place uh, where you have to at least go a year, and so. I'm I'm all for anything. I would like to see some of the bigger names come to Michigan and see how it works out. But I also know that even the best one and dones, uh teams don't always pan out to be champions.
0: You know if if you're if you're wanting Michigan to like take the next step and get better uh, compared to John Beeline's latter years, how many hurdles are there to clear? Really, I mean, one for sure a national championship, but like. You know, back-to-back Big Ten titles, uh, did well against Michigan State. I mean, it was it was a back-and-forth kind of thing, and of course, the last year going zero and three doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But there, there's just not like a whole lot of um, there aren't too many more hurdles to clear. And and I'm not like going going to more high-profile, big-name players could do it. But I think if 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 that's what you're looking for, you might be disappointed. This this might just be a change in scenery, and we hope that uh, the results keep on keeping on. If if you're hoping adding a five star to to the roster every year or two is going to um, take Michigan farther than what it went under John Beeline, again, you just got to remember that there's not a whole lot more to do. Like John Beeline did a lot, and and so I I, I worry that people are are going to look at this as an opportunity for Michigan to um, become some dominant basketball superpower when, you know, we can't, we can't pretend that John Beeline had him in the dumps. That's, that's my worry.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just so interesting. Anytime a coaching change happens and I don't know if it's just because of how close we follow the program or just how big of Michigan fans we are and many others are, but this is just, it's such a, you really can't find a two different coaches and, and John Beeline and Joan Howard. And I think that they're both incredible guys, uh, humans that are going to be relatable and, and want the best for the student athletes. And I think there's a million positive things you can say about both, but I think everything is going to be so different from here on out until Juwan Howard's no longer the coach. And I don't know if it's just because of the the closeness that you feel as a fan, but it's just, it's weird to me. When I, when I was excited that, you know, Michigan got what they presumed to be its guy, at least from the the pool that was available and kind of the hype that surrounded that. And then, Oh, look at these big names, uh, talking about Michigan Juwan Howard's really out there doing things that B never did. It's just, it's just different. And, we really will never know how it will pan out until the season starts, season ends, and then as seasons go by, uh, in terms of John Howard as the head coach. So it's just it's it's weird for me, and it's just odd that we're talking so much about basketball in the off season because this isn't something that we've at least done, and that I'd even argue to say that most people uh, haven't done this. You always see the the position uh previews for for the football team like all summer long and i have actually seen seems like almost just as many basketball articles pop up on my feed on twitter as football ones
0: gosh yeah I mean, it is we got to say it every time basically now that we do a, a a basketball show it's just like how many how many have we done in the past in the off season it's not been many like maybe for the draft and then um one in the middle and something like leading up to the season. Right. It's just not been a whole lot. And now all of a sudden it's been like the majority of our shows <laughs> maybe, um, maybe, maybe football will, uh, lighten our spirits later. I don't know. But, but for now, I mean, it's just like, you're right. It's just a little weird that the Michigan basketball is, is taking up so much of this fan base's attention right now. Of course there's baseball, but, um, when you're talking about the big sports, it's, it's rarely like this in the off season. Usually we flip gears right away to football. And now all of a sudden it's like, no, there's a lot more basketball to talk about. Um, is, is there anything else, uh, you want to add here about, about Michigan's, uh, recruiting philosophy going forward, what that might mean for the program?
1: Yeah. One more thing that I found and I've, it didn't dig in deep enough to, to tell you when it was shared, but something on the Washington Post kind of lined up uh, every team. And I think it looks like it goes back to at least early 2000s, maybe 2005 or, or later. Uh, but it's every team that's had a one and done, and how do they do in the tournament? And what I see for the titles, there's four teams, Kentucky in 12, they had Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Anthony Davis, Marcus T. I think almost everybody will remember Uh, that team mostly because of of Anthony Davis. They won the title. Duke in 15 won the title uh, with Justice Winslow, Jayla Okafor, Tyus Jones. Villanova won the title, although they only had one, one and done, so this even counts for the people that had one. And then North Carolina in 16-17 had Tony Bradley, who was a a first-round draft pick, who only played 7% of the team's minutes. Um, And then another for... Teams that made the title game, only four more. That's Ohio State's team with Greg Oden and Mike Conley. I think every Michigan fan remember that team. Another Kentucky team, uh, Memphis in 08 with Derrick Rose. Uh, and Gonzaga in 17 was Zach Collins, uh, who went on to, who everyone thinks I look like, by the way. look Go look up Zach Collins and tell me from the side if it looks like me. Um, People tell me I look like Mark Zuckerberg. I like it, I, and I can see it. So He looks, I don't like it. Ah, yeah, that's true. Maybe you don't want to be associated. <laughs> I like it in the sense that, like, if you had that kind of money, like, that'd be cool. But I look like I have that kind of money. You look like it, and that's what I like. But yeah, all that to say, only eight teams since right here, I guess, two thousand seven that I see have even made the title game that had a one and done player. And so there's just, I think that there's this sense that you get the best player, you have the best team. Uh, and maybe people don't think that, but I think a fan base would. Like LSU, when they get some big recruits finally, it's like, oh, we're going to win the national championship. No. Like, I don't even know if they made the tournament the year Ben Simmons signed. And I think he got injured, but I'm pretty sure they didn't even make the then the Sibley tournament. And so it'll be an adjustment. Uh, I w- again, I would like to see some big names, but really we just got to wait till, till fall. And until then, I guess we'll talk about basketball four or five more times this summer.
0: I hope so. <laughs> next week, uh, we'll be back, maybe with with basketball again to talk about the draft, or maybe it'll be baseball. I don't know. Maybe both. Maybe both. Uh, there's a. I never want to guarantee that we'll be back because our schedules are <laughs> just. <laughs> I feel so bad. You know, want to say we'll see you next week, and then two weeks later it's like, hey, welcome back. No, 90 uh, 80, percent chance uh, we'll be back next week to talk about basketball and or baseball until then go blue go blue